Growing and scaling a business is complex. It can be very scary and lonely trying to navigate it all. It comes down to the community of trusted people you surround yourself with. Let's dive in to the Business as People podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to have Ken with us today, our data and insight guru here at InThink. He's the wizard behind the scene, really uncovering particular inputs of data when it comes to looking at geo-targeting audiences. I mean, there's a lot of other things I'm not going to do justice here, but I'm going to have Ken kind of describe a little bit more like what he does here. But ultimately at the end of the day, having the right data inputs and building that into your paid advertising or just your marketing as a whole can really help lower the cost of acquisition, increase more conversions, and really bring in the revenue and pipeline that you're looking to do based on the marketing and lead gen efforts. So the goal here is to understand overview. What does that look like, especially with the cookie lists and the privacy laws that are coming to us very soon. So Ken, welcome today and tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. Number one, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to uh, speak a little bit about what I do, which is often behind the scenes. So really the key aspect is that all of our data has a story. And what I do is identify the patterns within the data so that we can tell the appropriate story for your company and products and consumer base. And the critical aspect to this is that we're able to achieve large gains in efficiency. So that may be the decrease in the cost of a conversion, or it may be increase in inquiries or overall lead quality. And we do this in a privacy-minded manner that's already ahead of where the privacy laws are going. And, and that's really my expertise is that sort of business ecosystem modeling on a spatial level. Can, can you share an example, just for folks that are listening, you know, real life example, we've seen where they are today and mm-hmm. here's where they are after we applied the, the process and methodology that we do. Yeah. So we see a lot of key sort of indications that things are working well. One of those is that we have greater budget control. So a big aspect right now is that companies are, are struggling under different budget scenarios, or at least trying to better rein in the spending or understand it better. So this one gives us more knobs and dials and ability to understand that spend. And more importantly, just we can control the spend in appropriate regions within our campaigns. And this could be digital or otherwise, it really doesn't matter. And in terms of other things that we directly see, we often see, for instance, inquiries will increase. Recently, I was able to, through a a company well, it's actually in the education industry, but it really doesn't matter what the, the industry is. It's just most recent is that we were able to see a conversion rate doubling under the same budget scenario. So this is a big turnaround in an industry which is actually experiencing some pretty large declines. And so that's critical to as a very competitive market and any competitive market is getting a better handle and showing that you're able to actually either decrease cost of conversion, increase lead quality, and basically increase engagement, appropriate engagement with your audience. And that's really what the simplified version of what I do is, is we identify that audience in a better manner than is otherwise possible within just the platforms that you're using. What are the limitations to some of these platforms, Google, Facebook, these ad buy platforms? You know, I'll say this with the caveat that it is my view that Google and other platforms, they have a lot of proprietary technology and they want the user to utilize that platform to great effect. And they're really effective for companies to get exposure, et cetera. However, much of the decision-making capability, much of the real understanding of how they're reaching an audience 
is actually hidden behind the scenes beyond just you putting in maybe demographic and other information. So what we're actually doing here is through utilizing the company's own data, plus a lot of data sources that we link together to create a business model for the particular company's targeting, we're able to then control and understand why we're doing targeting. So you can view this as a layer of increased accuracy on top of Google, but in terms of Facebook or Instagram or any of those platforms, it's platform agnostic. All we're doing is, and even Google says this directly on their site, is that they will never know your company as well as you do. So we are leveraging our knowledge and story of your company in a way that even Google recommends to increase the ability to reach the appropriate audience. And the direct result of that is the increase in conversion rate and engagement overall reaching a better audience and doing it more cost effectively. I think you have a couple of examples, right, visually that we can probably share with, with folks. How does this all come together? But the world we live in now, it's all about like results and, and data. Yes. I mean, I think the bottom line here is that we shouldn't be doing any of this if it's not providing documented results that increase the bottom line, right? We want to move forward sometimes by inches, other times by a bigger measure. And, and this is an indicator of that. So I titled this one, Just Potential Realized. And this is a current ongoing client that we're working with. And you can see that we were able to, number one, parse out the main group and groups that were performing well previously. And then we've also identified a group that previously had not been getting any spend, meaning they were not being approached through either the way the Google algorithm was working or the way that targeting was implemented prior. And what we were able to do then is move money. We reallocated money into that potential performers region. And the critical thing that I'll point out here is you can see that it actually had the lowest cost of acquisition. So these are dollars. I should have put dollar signs in there, but it's $391 per acquisition versus 536 for a main group. And then the performers that did really, really well historically, before we did this targeting, we were able to parse them out and we actually outperformed that group as well. Essentially, what you should see is increasing optimization and efficiency for your business. And this is a way that you can generate leads more cost effectively. For instance, if you look at that main group over there, would you rather spend the $536 per lead or would you rather spend $391? If you just do the basic math, even though it's not that simple, you essentially get an increased amount of leads per dollar spend. But what's more important is that the conversions that we're seeing out of the potential performers match our prior really good closure rates from that prior performing group that are in the potential performers. So we've actually been able to identify match markets, and then we can then apply money into those match markets where it was not being applied before. So this is a strategic efficiency sort of action item. And that's what we're able to do through this type of analysis. And I'll pull it back again is that what we utilize is some pretty cutting edge statistical technology to tell that story in a way that I don't see being used elsewhere. Yeah, and, and just in summary, for those that can see this, I know for some that are listening, you can't, but you have $536, the total conversion is 247 versus investment of like per lead of 391, way less, right? So cost per acquisition is lower and you're getting some conversions of 323, so a lot more less investment, better cost of acquisition, way more conversions all the way across. And you know, Cam, I'll mention that in terms of budget, now that we've actually identified these sort of performance groups, and this is a, a relatively simple model, but 
when we've identified these performance groups, what we can actually do after campaigns have run a little bit or we have prior data to utilize such as we did here, we can actually reallocate funds into that potential performance group so you can become ever increasingly efficient in your spend, right? This is an ongoing process, but the reality of it is, is that we want our spend to be as efficient as possible. This gives us a data-driven way to decide how to do that. And we know exactly where to place those ads. And before applying these types of additional layers of data insight that Ken does, originally the barrier of entry to get into just like Google ads, for example, right? You got to be spending at least $1,500 or more a month. Like anything lower than that wasn't going to get you that. But the conversions could be, for example, could be 10%. What we can now take and say, instead of spending $1,500 on Google ads, we can take $600 of that and do almost similar, if not better conversions. So for way less investment, because we're so hyper-focused on the targeting and the data that Ken's able to uncover, people can actually see better results with less investment. So it's a win for the clients that we're helping. And it makes it easier for people to get into paid advertising, which is really a good blend. If you're doing marketing as a whole, you have to really layer in some type of paid advertising because you can target the specific audience that you're doing versus SEO and inbound marketing. That's a long game that takes time for inbound leads. And those are all critical as well and can actually inform how we drive a model for this type of decision-making. But that being said is that you know, we want to be able to leverage all of that information, right? We all have an enormous amount of information at our fingertips. It's just, do we have the time and expertise to utilize that? There's a huge amount that's both out there and that companies themselves generate historically, and we can help them get better at that, or we can leverage what's already there. And I think there's another graph I think, of the Northeast, great to kind of show visually kind of how we help uncover opportunities that are hyper-targeted. I think you're thinking of this graph, Cam. And so the way that I'll, you know, we won't use the jargon of lift or holdout as expected, which is often how we sort of think a lot of the market analysis and what we're doing there. This is actually the client that I showed you in the previous slides. This is a little bit of the, the detail in their model. This is a regional client, not national. And we wanted to understand a bit more of what was going on within their prior ad spend. So if you look at the red, right, the red ends up being basically the areas where they performed just exceptionally well. They were happy with performance there. They were getting good conversions. They were getting good sales. They really understood what was going on in those regions. And then sort of that purplish color or whatever you want to call it, the lighter color there, the lighter one that's not the, the beige, that's the main you know, parts of New York and Pennsylvania, that actually were these identified markets where, you know what, there was no spend there. And even though we had specified on our regional campaign that we wanted to get, you know, have spend allocated in those areas because of, and this is an instance where, you know, the Google algorithm will likely put money where they're getting good conversions, right? And so just by the general gist of how things are going, you may spend a lot of your money in very appropriate areas, but what we're able to do here is uncover those areas of missed opportunity. And so it's almost an exercise in match markets and we can identify exactly where those are. And then we go in and we tell Google where to place the ads the next round. And so that's that kind of the holdout area. And that results identifying these niches through our statistical procedures allow us to then get new conversions or new sales or new clients 
in regions that are, are basically right at our doorstep and we're already advertising to. So it essentially it's increasing effectivity and brand awareness and sales within a region that is core to your service that you would yeah. have not known otherwise. An analogy could be if you're a roofer down the street and they put a sign in your front yard and said, I did a roof here, but there's other people, the neighbors in that neighborhood want roofs too. You have no idea here. We can actually let people know, actually, these other houses also want roofs. So we can make sure that the messaging gets in front of them. So it's an opportunity where if, of efficiency, if someone's in a neighborhood, I'm just yeah. using that analogy of that, that roofer driving around in that neighborhood, they know going into that day that they should be knocking on those doors and say, Hey, by the way, I'm also doing this roof here. Would you like one? And Oh, wow. How'd you know that we were looking for a roof? <laughs> so it's that really cool way to really leverage the work that's already that the platforms are doing. But what we do is we really enhance and optimize what is not capable within those platforms when you're building out campaigns on Google or Facebook, like we're manually uncovering the information and then we're manually inserting them into the platforms you know, through an API so that, you know, again, we're uncovering these opportunities and really increasing revenue. Yeah. I mean, I think it's well said. It's all about getting more efficient with our spend, uncovering new opportunity and essentially growing a business. And you can do that from two perspectives. One, if you want to close the purse strings, you can actually just get more efficient and keep those savings for something else. Or you can spend the same amount of money and then you'll have an increased amount of conversions and sales under that same spend. But I think what you said is really critical, which is that advertising itself and marketing should be in some ways transactional, meaning that you shouldn't be doing it if you're not benefiting the company. So the bottom line is, are you getting better and are you growing as a result of those efforts? And because this is all data-driven and it's an iterative process, you can define exactly how that performance is going. And that's another nice thing about this as well. Ken, you know, this is towards the end of the year. A lot of people are reevaluating their budget going into next year. And a common ask I get is like, what percentage should be towards marketing budget? And it's not so much a percent. It's not a formula like that because good marketing should pay for itself, right? So let's say you put a dollar into marketing and you get $3 back. Well, if your goal... <laughs> is to grow your business 1 million or 5 million or 10 million, you can work backwards. Okay, so how many dollars do I need to invest in marketing to get to 10 million? So it's not like, here's my budget for the year. It's 10% or 20% or you know 6% of my revenue. That's the wrong way of doing it. It should be like understanding, you know, what is the, and we also do predictive modeling. We can look at revenue, but yeah. understanding like, again, the cost per acquisition, understanding all these numbers around revenue. So you can say, okay, Based on my inputs of what I invest, this is my return. And that is how you should establish your budget for the year. Because marketing sets the tone in the beginning for the whole journey and funnel to sales, qualify leads to the sales team for them that can close. And then all the, these departments have to talk together. So what's your input you know, or your feedback, Ken, when people are trying to establish budgets and where we have all this data in front of us that we can share with them? <laughs> Personally, I think that once you know how your company is performing in the, the marketplace in terms of your marketing and your return on investment, which should be well understood. However, once you are understanding that, it really isn't a matter of budget. I mean, I could say spend as much as you can, because if you know you're getting X return, then it really shouldn't matter what you're spending. But there are plateaus and you know, if you're absolutely gigantic, you have much more incremental gains. But if you're a startup, 
if you are a company that's wanting to be in a growth phase or you're stagnant wanting to grow, it's really critical that you don't ask the question, what's the budget? You ask the question, how do I get to where I want to go? And if that is okay, I'm like the 100 clients increase, which is a great goal, what does it really take to get to that 100 clients? You can essentially just back calculate and understand in the market, in the model, in your audience, everything that we know, and get a more appropriate allocation of budget. And then what you can do is you can release that budget in tiers based on performance metrics. Are you meeting that growth goal? If you are, you know that you can easily afford to funnel some more money than you had initially thought into the campaigns to help your company grow. And I put it like this. If you were to allocate, for instance, let's say you're a million dollar company and you want to put 20% into your marketing budget, right? $200,000. At the end of, let's say, September, you've gone through that budget for whatever reason. Are you going to stop advertising and say, okay, well, that's what I got for $200,000? The reality is no, is that if you are marketing effectively, if you are utilizing that money to good effect and are able to drive good decisions based on data, such as what we provide here, that allows you to minimize that risk to then make a strong decision and move forward for growth for the company and spend more, right? So it's just not a static situation. And I think companies that get caught in that this is our annual budget for marketing end up growing less appropriately than companies that are a little faster and lighter in their decision-making process. And it's really sometimes not the fault of the company. That's what they know, right? So we're, sure. again, we're, we're trying to help even in this episode here is just educating people to understand what needs to be done to help them get the outcomes they're looking for their business for growth. Now, this is great insight, Ken. We have a lot more deeper episodes coming in the future here. So stay tuned and I really appreciate your time today, Ken. Thanks. We're storytellers. Remember that. <laughs> if you have any questions and topics you'd like us to cover, please email me at podcast at or message me on LinkedIn.